0: Impact of Influence, The Murdoch Family Murders. This is the unfolding story of a powerful South Carolina family, the mysterious deaths they are linked to, and our quest to bring you the truth. Hello, friend. So grateful you spending time with us. Always happy you're with us. I am Matt Harris. Seton Tucker is here as well. I'm in Walterboro. She's in studio with Dwayne. As we uh, kind of flip-flop back and forth, who's taken... Uh, trial duty and uh i will say on this tuesday it is the biggest crowd we've seen by far i don't know if you noticed on court tv as you were watching the scene but it did it look uh, a lot more crowded than when you were here last week
1: i yeah, I did notice that actually monday and today is tuesday i noticed it both days that it did seem like the crowds were picking up
0: yeah they, they really are and we have had some uh podcast listeners Uh, join us, Uh, you know, come over and say hi, which is great. And I'll get to that in a bit. But uh, let's get right to probably the biggest news of the week. Would you would you call that this this part we're about to play? Would you think that's it, Seton?
1: I would. I stuck out to me when I was watching the testimony in the courtroom and also on all the news coverage and social media. It really has been hotly debated.
0: So, what it is, is a clip that was played in the courtroom. We're going to play it from the session on Tuesday, uh, where the defense played this clip that was played for the first time on Monday. And the officer said that he heard him say the quote that he hears him. I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what he hears him say let you decide for yourself here's a clip from the courtroom on Tuesday exhibit uh 243
2: and others that is, is tough. <laughs> it's just so bad it is so bad all right back it up and play it in real time again Doug. real time
0: <laughs> or not, not easy I know it's hard um, <laughs>
2: And sitting here talking today is, is tough. <laughs> it's just so bad. It, it's so bad. <laughs> Did you hear now they or I? I will still testify that my hearing, I hear I. Okay. Your Honor, we'd like to play it again at one-third speed to slow it down. It's just the same. Thank you speed in the foundation late for who's manipulating it how it's being manipulated uh, I think uh, obviously we have it in real time but there would have to be some additional foundation At one-third speed Sure, I did not.
0: Okay. So that was uh, from that hour-long interview, and Monday's testimony ended basically with the officer saying, the agent saying that that's what he heard was that I, instead of they, but also as the uh, defense said, maybe he was saying uh, I did them bad like I was not a good dad or something. Um, I kind of think that talking to the people in the courtroom and other reporters and things like that, it's kind of going to be, you know, whatever you want to hear, you're going to hear. I don't know if it's going to, you know, what I mean, you know what I mean?
1: I do. I mean, there is the implication from the prosecution that this could be an admission, and and it very well may be. Listening to it, and it does. I think you hear what you said. You hear what you want. If you hear I, or you hear they, I don't know. I don't I don't know which one I hear. I, I've, I've listened to it multiple times and sometimes I hear I and sometimes I hear they. And I guess the jury will have to make up their own minds about what they hear and also what they think that means.
0: Well, an interesting way that the defense went after. This situation was he was saying, OK. You heard him say. I. Did you do any follow up questions? Did you make any notes about this? And he said, Well, I, I made a mental note to go back to. It's like, did you ever go back to it? Did you ever ask Alec about it?
1: He didn't, but I think on Recross the State said, Well, it was a recorded interview. So maybe the you didn't necessarily need to take notes because you could go back and listen to it again.
0: Right. But he did not go back to Alec and say, What did you say there? However, the uh agent said i didn't go back to because i didn't want it to be we were just fact finding i didn't want it to be confrontational or alec would shut down and maybe not talk to me that was his way of saying you know and i'm not sure it's possible to me that as it was happening in real time that the agent Didn't know what he said. It was when he watched the video back or something, right? Because you hear a lot of people crying and a lot of noise.
1: That's exactly what I thought. I thought maybe it might be he didn't really pick up on it at the time. And then when he went back and listened to the interview, maybe at that point he said, hey, wait a second. Did he just have some sort of confession or admission?
0: Yes. The whole interview to me was odd because it was an hour long. Like at one point says... If I give you too many details, just let me know. But Jim Griffin is there, his attorney, his counsel. They said it was his counsel today. Why is he letting him talk for an hour? Now, on the other hand, that's what the defense is trying to say in, in testimony on Tuesday was, look how cooperative he was. He gave you to download his phone. He opened up Maggie's phone. He... uh you didn't even need a search warrant. He just gave you consent to search the grounds and the house. And we, we he was surrounded by attorneys, and no attorney said, don't talk to him. He had nothing to hide. So that's their whole pitch, is that Alec was 100% cooperative.
1: Yeah, they did hammer that point that Alec was being very transparent with opening up his house. We can talk about the house in a bit, about how the house, which the defense says— was open to them, was not actually searched until September. That stuck out to me.
0: Yes. Yes, they said. um, I wasn't sure if they were saying just not completely. It was not searched by uh, this officer who was looking for guns. He didn't look for guns in the gun room, which was the whole part of Monday's testimony, until... What was it, September? Did you say, yeah, September, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, but it may have been searched. He said, I don't know if other people searched it before then. But as far as the guns go, he's like, yeah, I, I His uh, Officer Croft, he's like, yeah, I didn't search it until September. And what the defense was saying, trying to make very clear to everybody, is all these guns that you see in front of you, none of these guns were used in the murder. This is just for show, basically. They're saying. Talked to a couple of attorneys. Some were surprised that it was even allowed to bring the guns in, where you could've done it with pictures. So it's just shiny objects, maybe to uh, make the jury think. Look at all these, these guns. He's a, you know, Alex, a gun guy, and all this. Um, but it's Hampton and the defense uh, at one point snuck in, like, "Hey, everybody, does this seem like an unusual amount of guns?" And officer said, "No, it doesn't seem like a lot of guns."
1: OK, so what was your biggest takeaway from the second interview we see from SLED, which was conducted three days later?
0: Well, the big one is it's another example of him saying he didn't see Maggie and Paul after he woke up from his nap. He basically just called and texted Maggie and got in his car and went to his mom's. You agree?
1: Definitely. And I just have a lot of questions in my mind about either, A, why didn't he remember the last time he saw his wife and child, or B, why he was untruthful.
0: And again, for those who are keeping up, we're relying on the fact that we believe the 844 video will show that Alec and Maggie and Paul were near the kennels. At the very least, it's going to show they were together. And he's saying he did not see them like after dinner. From dinner on, he didn't see them.
1: Yeah, I think we should play a clip of what he said
2: um i don't know exactly where paul went but he left the house too okay how did maggie get down to the kennels i don't know exactly but on normal occasions she would drive drive a buggy drive a four-wheeler or very common for her to walk okay how about paul what's paul wasn't much of a walker but he would use all of the others okay um but it, it i mean it could be anyway okay. you know I I don't know exactly. I wish I could help you with that. So so they left and went down to the kennels? Well, Maggie went to go to the kennels. Okay. Paul and Paul left. And I'm assuming you know, I'm assuming Paul left okay. because of, you know gotcha. what happened. I mean I'm assuming Paul yeah, yeah. went to the Kennels. Okay. Um and what did you do once once Maggie and Paul left? I stayed in the house. What did he tell you he did after Maggie and Paul went to the kennels? He stayed in the house. I mean, I'm assuming Paul went to the kennels. Okay. Um, And what did you do once Maggie and Paul left? I stayed in the house. Okay. And I was watching TV, looking at my phone, and I actually fell asleep on the couch. Okay. And what time did you, you know, I don't know wake exactly what time I woke up, but when y'all get my phone, you know, I think one of the first things I did when I got up was call Maggie mm-hmm. because I was going to my mom's mm-hmm. um, and I know I texted her because I checked my phone and what time do we say the text was Jim? Like nine oh six. I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I got it written down from the other night. I showed night. you the other yes, night, yes, didn't I? Yes, sir. I got so you know, I texted her. So I called her just before that, mm-hmm. and I mean, she she didn't an answer at that point, point. Um, and I left to go to my mom's. Okay. Y'all just have to look. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure if I called Paul. Well, or and I, and that and that's why we're getting the phone so we can nail down the times and right. and, and everything. Um, so I left, drove. Uh, well, you know, I'm gonna tell y'all this, even though I think it's kind of crazy. You know, I was certain that I heard them pull up. I mean, I was positive that I heard. And and people don't just come out there. You yeah. know, we don't get like passed through. I was certain. That I heard them pull up, but I, but they didn't. Okay. Um, the
1: defendant told you that he
2: thought he heard somebody pull up, but they didn't. Yes, sir. And that was before, according to him, he left the house. Is that correct? That is correct. Well, if if you heard something pull up, what did it sound like? You know, I I, I don't I can't tell you what it sounded like. I just know that I thought they I thought that. That my wife had pulled up, or I mean, that Paul it, had pulled up. Would it would it have been the buggy that she normally drives, or would it be a car? No, no. I I, I had the impression that a that a, a car pulled up. Okay. You know, and and had you woken up by that time, but hadn't left for your mom's. Yep. Okay. And and but it wasn't much time in between there because mm-hmm. I left pretty damn close. It wasn't much time between me waking up and me leaving the house. Okay. Um. and when i went outside you know there there's a cat a wild cat that lives around that house okay. i'm pretty sure it was the cat that ran from my car but you know i never had the impression it was a person but there was something
0: okay take a little break and uh, get you ready for some traveling you've got coming up some international trip where you want to be able to at least get around right so you want to learn the language of the country that you're going to you want to experience it with a little bit of knowledge going in and you can get a lot of bit of knowledge when you use Rosetta Stone it's the most trusted language learning program it's available on desktop it can also be used as an app on your phone or tablet and Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Impact of Influence listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 40% off. That's 40% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 40% off at rosettastone.com backslash today.
1: A few things. I thought it was really bizarre about this wildcat scenario that he thought he heard a car, and then maybe he saw a cat. It just was strange to me.
0: It was kind of all, he had those two moments where he mentions a wildcat and he mentions he thought somebody pulled up, but then no one did.
1: So the defense was really going in on cross and kind of methodically going after every single thing that law enforcement did. Um, A few things that they talked about was this footprint, which was not a Murdoch family footprint, which was found in the feed room. We also hear about a print on the back of Maggie's leg that maybe wasn't tested. I think there was an ATV that the law enforcement officers said that they noticed some blood, but they didn't test it. They said, you know, the defense said, well, maybe that is from a deer. It's an ATV that was used to hunt. So they really are going point by point to try to discredit the job law enforcement did
0: especially uh, Melinda Worley when she was on the stand because the key there was he got her to say it was reasonable that there were two shooters. He did. That was yes, huge. that was Williams. huge. And he made it phrase, the phrasing was very important. Was it reasonable? There were two shooters. Reasonable, reasonable doubt. Reasonable two shooters. So he was able to work that theory in. While cross on Worley. and he even was able to slip in a theory that Paul was shot first. He was the target, he said, and then Maggie surprised the shooters. He worked in theories, pretty, pretty good way to create doubt.
1: Definitely, but that doesn't mean that Alec wasn't wasn't one of those two shooters. But we know that he's been accused of murdering them both. So I think this is definitely very problematic for
0: the prosecution. Yeah, well, it it will be an issue. That's for sure.
1: Well, let's talk about the ammunition.
0: Yes, this was over and over again uh, talked about how uh, Jeff Croft found blackout 300 ammunition, same brand, same weight, scattered throughout the Moselle property, even right outside the gun room, the same bullets that were found near maggie the same casing i should say found near maggie and he and he mentioned in part of his testimony that he said it was hard to get a hold of that kind of ammunition during COVID.
1: but they also say that a lot of this stuff was not searched for months later so and the crime scene was not secured during this time i don't know if that's going to be an issue
0: because it was uh, September when they went looking for the guns in the gun room and looked for the ammunition. They found them outside there. Yeah, that could be an issue because it came up later because originally they couldn't find any of the buckshot, which is the, the steel ones that they say blew Paul's head off. They could find the, uh, that was all over the place, it was the blackout, but not that. However, they did find it in September. So... We'll see where that goes.
1: Did you also notice that it appears as if neither weapon has been recovered? And there were lots of reports that one weapon was recovered and one was missing. So now we know that it appears as if we don't have the shotgun or the AR.
0: Yep, neither one. That's absolutely true.
1: Let's also talk about this missing AR. We hear about this AR that Paul owned that may have been stolen, but Ellick doesn't seem like he reported this to law enforcement, and he wasn't totally convinced it was stolen because he says Paul was very careless with weapons.
0: Yes, he was careless with everything he said. He said he he had ADHD, he says, and he would leave guns, clothes laying around the state. And Paul would sometimes, he say, travel and go places and not even take clothes because he left so many clothes everywhere. And so he also let guns laying around all over the place.
1: They did not seem like responsible gun owners that for sure. I mean, they just said that you might find a gun here or there. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And I I want to point out that the rifle that's missing, they were modified by a local dealer. So if it ever does show up, they'll definitely know that it was the one that Paul either left out or got stolen. And Alec, at one point says he didn't report it stolen. Because uh, he just said Paul left it uh, laying around somewhere, but but he said he told everybody. He said I I told the officers that it was missing in case it ended up in a drug thing. I told the the guy who makes the gun that it was stolen or or was missing. So if you want to check with them, they'll let you know.
1: We also had some information come out about Rogan Gibson, who is Paul's friend, who Paul was checking on his dog, who had some sort of tail injury, and. Testimony revealed that Gibson tried to call Paul at 910, 929, 957, and 1008.
0: And he also that the big one was he texted at 849 asking for a picture, and there was no response. And that's when the phones were locked.
1: And he also tried to call Maggie at 9 or te- he texted Maggie at 934 and said, tell Paul to call me.
0: Well, and so let's break that down for a second. We know that this video is coming out at 844 and it runs however many seconds. So it's 845 uh, that Paul, Maggie and Alec are there. They're implying and then and the guns go or the, I'm sorry, the phones are locked at 849. And it's a pretty small window there pretty small window where they supposedly are allegedly murdered in that four-minute time span.
1: I also am wondering, too, about whether Alec heard Paul's phone go off, and maybe that's why he was trying to retrieve Paul's phone from his pocket.
0: You mean after Paul was dead, right?
1: Yes, when he got back to the house, because it looks as if Gibson was calling at 10.08. So that would have been... Around the same time as the nine one one calls,
0: hmm, that could be explained that way.
1: And this afternoon in court, they are entering in all of these cell phone records. So I think there will be more information to come on this. The
0: time frame seems to mean a lot. It's hard to believe that Paul wouldn't answer his buddy at eight forty nine. And the, and if the if they can prove the phones went dead at eight forty nine, that's a pretty heavy coincidence, right? That puts a time frame lock on everything.
1: It does. Now, let's also talk about this receipt that was recovered from the trash at Moselle.
0: And we don't know why this is coming up yet. It came up twice in the interview with Croft. It's a Gucci receipt. And the Gucci receipt is, it was a credit card for, I think, a $1,021 that Maggie used to buy something Gucci. <laughs> I, I don't know where this is going with that, but.
1: It seems as if it was a receipt that had other things. It had the Gucci item circled. So I guess they were saying that maybe there was some sort of significance to the circling of the Gucci item, which leads you to believe maybe they're talking about overspending by Maggie. I don't know if this is where they're going, but it seems like that could be a possibility.
0: Yeah. Don't know yet.
1: And I'm thinking we may get to see this video from 844 where Paul is at the kennels checking on the dog and you can hear Maggie and Paul in the background. I think that I think that might be coming up.
0: That would be huge. That is huge. because The timeline is the main problem I see with Alec right now is that timeline issue.
1: And I've heard a lot of chatter that cousin Eddie may be coming up soon.
0: Woohoo! That's uh that's must see TV. Um speaking of TV, I gotta thank uh, my pals over at Court TV, Vinny and Chanley Painter. They've been very kind and cool. I've been doing a live hit with them every night. They're actually broadcasting from a barbecue joint uh, in the area. And so uh, that's been that's cool. News Nation's had me on a bunch. So look for my smiling, sweaty face uh, coming to a TV near you. Uh, there you go. Seton, you could close it all up.
1: Sounds good. So before we leave, I have a reader email that we received. It says, hey, Matt and Seton, I've been meaning to reach out to you for quite a while and tell y'all my story and how much you've helped In April of 2021, I had three strokes, one of which was a brain bleed requiring brain surgery. I lost all of my right side and was in the hospital for almost a month. I was, by the way, 36, and I had to learn to walk and talk again. When I got home from the hospital, my husband and I would take walks to get my strength back. Eventually, he had to go back to work, and I was good enough to walk on my own. I got tired of listening to the same old song, so I decided to try your podcast. I've never been good at listening to books or podcasts, but I heard about all this Murdoch drama as a resident of SC, and I had to know more. But she's back at work, and she is still listening to us, and she's done a couple of 5Ks since her stroke. So we are so happy that you're listening to us and that you are on the road to recovery. And we had actually another listener who started listening to our podcast and walking and has lost a bunch of weight. We love to hear those stories, so please keep reaching out. You can find us on our Facebook page, which is Murdoch Podcast, or on our website, which is MurdochPodcast.com. We will talk soon.
0: From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal